Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, the only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. That's right. You know I would. You know, she knows it. That's right. That's the best kind of threat. When somebody knows you'll make good on it, so you don't have to actually follow through. Leave the pregnant lady alone. I told her I would push her down the stairs. That's beat up. I would. I I think the uh, we're we're actually pretty close friends. So this was this had to do with internal stuff. I I I, I sent her a text that said, "Don't make me beat up a prego to get what I want," because I would. She knows I would too. See. See, those are the best kind of threats. You don't have to make good on them in order to get what you want. But you don't think that anybody would step in and keep you from hurting the pregnant lady? Um, Even your friends? It depends. If it was just a verbal assault, I'd be probably allowed to get away with it. But if it was, if it was, uh, if I actually attempted to push her down the two stairs out there, then mm-hmm. somebody would probably stop yes. me. Yes. Yeah. I say probably stop me. Yeah. It's one of those things where it might be so bad that you would be frozen in the moment. You're like, even Sean wouldn't actually do that. I think that, that yes, humanity <laughs> would step in and say, yeah, Sean even wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> this just got dark. It's got right. like, really it dark. just got dark. It'll be a little bit crazy Started. on a Friday. I'm Came t- with it. If people listen to the in-between segments, they wouldn't all of this a sudden. Is, this is essentially what you just got was an in-between show yeah. segment. Yeah. You wandered into an in-between show segment, everybody. Welcome to Friday. In order to start the show, yes, on Friday. Coming up this morning on the morning meeting, what isn't going to be reversed in Illinois, at least if the judge who made the original ruling has anything to say about it. The dangers of letting gamers push your system. At least those with the gamer mindset. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show this morning. And the Supreme Court has uh, been very, very careful about some of the cases that they have chosen to take up for their next session. They are very aware of the appointment politics that are going on in Washington right now, Mm -hmm. of what is being uh, discussed during debates and what is at stake during the presidential election. They just put out a a piece this morning that uh, we'll get to if we have a chance. So many things uh, to go through through this morning, uh, including Governor Bruce Rauner here in the state of Illinois. Uh, He and his administration have just released uh, a a note that says they believe that the state will end up only, get ready, Quaid, only only $5.4 billion in debt, which is actually $2.5 billion less debt than the legislature was aiming for uh, with the with the latest kind of budget wallpaper over the cracks financial this the stop agreement gap. Right. stop gap uh, that was agreed to in June. 
So okay, here's I the, mean, there's that. Here's the thing. Happy Friday. There's yes. Okay, great. There's a as note. you look at your paycheck today. Does it and think about what the state has taken, mm. the lack of execution of services of infrastructure that you're getting for that, and that the state actually outspent its resources by five and a half billion dollars to give you what you don't have. And they're trying to put a silver lining on it. Yes. Because their original math was worse than that. Yes, they were forecasting 7.8. We're only at 5.4. Does this note explain how we ended up in a better position? If it's a clerical error, how do we know that this isn't a clerical error? Uh, and that the, the original math wasn't right. How can we trust if it was a clerical error that the math at any point in time is correct? Well, there, there is there, there a, is that. There is a lot. I mean, we live in a world where there's a lot of uh, post-adjusting. When, fi- when, when financial numbers are released, they are released for consumption, and then mm-hmm. a month, six weeks later... They do some you, internal reworking. Somebody actually sits down and goes through it closer and goes, yeah, that original stuff. That, that's, how, that's reality now. So that the original numbers aren't really to be believed. Uh, some of the money, and this is just some of every dollar is in detail. Uh, the Round administration said some savings were built into the stopgap that weren't previously accounted for. Uh, Illinois got $150 million in federal money mm. for the state uh, to subsidize affordable care. Uh, they uh, had a lower interest payment by a few million uh, when it came to a few bonds. Okay. Uh, there was some refinancing, some other things uh, along those lines. But what it doesn't address is the fundamental problem that in Illinois, the legislature continues to far outspend income in the state. Yeah, and it's also out of bounds per the Constitution is that it is not still balanced. That's right. Uh, the, the Democrats on the commission were upset that the, that the saving of a $275 million in Illinois' rainy day fund wasn't counted as income. So yes, you talk about torturing the numbers yeah, and the, along the way, and there's and there's that fear. The, the the cynical part of you rises up at that point yes. in time to say this this is why you almost don't even want to share information like this because there's somebody somewhere who goes, you mean we could have spent more? You mean we we right? We, I I, I <laughs> we could have spent more money? No no no. It's not what we're saying at all. Stop looking at it that way. The uh, the other large portion uh, of that uh, $2.5 billion difference is an anticipated, this hasn't come in yet, so you don't want to count your chickens too early, mm. but an anticipated uh, $1.2 billion from essentially the feds. You, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is this is really what the fight is uh, this year, and it has been in the state of Illinois. It's not conservative, liberal. It's not Democrat, Republican. Mm-hmm. It's should the state do everything in your life and thereby take a larger portion of your paycheck, or should the state stick to what it is mandated to do in the state constitution, get its nose out of your business, and be more efficient at doing the things that it's mandated to do. Yes. That's yes. That, that's the fight. That's the fight. Is 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 government inherently good and a boon? 
Or is government a necessary evil that just does some things that we've agreed to let it do? That's, that's the line in the sand now in Illinois. It no longer, because you have Republicans who believe that government should be involved in the, and that government can be that force for good in the world. So it, 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 it crosses lines from, from liberal yeah. to conservative, Republican to Democrat, uh, it, it, cynical to hopeful. It crosses all of those lines, and it's really a different, a different fight that, he, that is going on right now. And when you, when you get uh, to those situations where you talk about uh, people's philosophy uh, individually about government, specifically the uh, elected officials, what you're going to ultimately boil it down to is are they interested altruistically mm-hmm. in the lives of their constituents? Are they interested, however, the other side of the coin, in being reelected? Is that is that the motivation behind what what they're doing by saying, well, I, in in my position, I can make things happen for constituents in my in my district, my my part of the state. Uh, is that is that good for the whole state? If you're putting the state in a in a financial uh, pinch, or is this about you touting things that you've quote unquote done? so that you can be reelected. Well, the drive to suss that out in the state of Illinois actually began yesterday. Early voting opened up uh, on my mom's birthday. So, happy birthday yesterday, Gene. Uh, this is something that we're she going didn't to come see vote early in Illinois, did she? No, mom's a, mom's a Missouri resident. I was going to say so she she digs into the Thursday Aaron Baker uh, sessions here on the meeting. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's she's in Missouri. Had her this is uh <laughs> mom mom got a little crazy for a while. Uh, she was a Missouri resident who located her business in Illinois without being blackmailed <laughs> for like 10 months. And then she figured out in a hurry what was going on and, and, and got thy interest back west of the Mississippi. Where were you, George? Could, could you not uh, sway some, you know, have a little bit of influence there? I, I try. I have very little influence there. Um, she... She and my my father both are are just mystified at at how two Democrats who former blue collar Democrats who now lean more liberal uh, and and will only drink light beer uh, uh, came together and made me. <laughs> well, it's simple math. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I don't think they're ashamed, but I think that they still scratch their heads sometime and go, "How did that DNA work out?" That that happened. Have you reminded them that this is the way that they raised you? Uh, I think it's more of a you know the 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 life's experiences that you exposed me to uh, led me to to learn certain lessons and and to make up my mind in a certain way. Okay. So now I think they're rethinking how they raised myself and my two <laughs> sisters <laughs> along the way. Now your other siblings, uh, do they fall in line with with your lead, or are they more uh, with mom and dad? Uh, they, uh, they have, um, if there were a vote, they would vote present. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. So not involved. Not yes. Yes. Uh, uh, willingly uninvolved, 
Uh, one's raising uh, four boys and and helping build a business from the ground up, mm-hmm. uh, and the other one is uh, raising uh, my lovely niece and nephew, mm-hmm. uh, and and very busy herself. So yes, they. Uh, I, I think about them when when we talk about day to day things and and that are down in the weeds and that we do because we do this. Uh, for this show on a daily basis, and we talk to people who are involved daily, and they say, you know, the average kind of person who's busy, and I always think of my two sisters when it mm-hmm. comes to that, and kind of what are they, mm-hmm. what what do they have time to absorb? How much are they listening? Are they going to be moved to go vote in this situation? Uh, and so it's it's part of kind of, I guess, how I attack things and yep. what kind of keeps me uh, thinking that way. What are they? What are they hearing? What are they experiencing that's influencing them? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of them's in California, so it, it's the race to the bottom. Whenever I talk to her about which state is more messed up, well, if if if, if they're not engaged, uh, they may be able to, you know, feel mm-hmm. that things aren't as good as they could be in the in the golden state. Uh, but uh, I, I'm sure you could approach it in a much more detailed manner. Even about Governor Brown, I mean, they they may have some things, but if they're not engaged the way you say, then yeah, basically, if I start talking about it, I get a lot of blank looks, yeah. and then a uh, and then the, the the conversation gets transitioned to something else that I'm interested in that uh, that they both know about, and that's you know, oh man, there's a lot of good brew pubs in California. You uh, know. And, and here's the thing. If people were more engaged, I don't know that we would be in the situation mm-hmm. that we are. I'm not, you know casting uh, aspersions of people but but if if more people were even give me 10 percent more mm-hmm. aware and engaged i think we would have a different landscape now if people were more engaged you also wouldn't have the fight that's going on right now in illinois over same day voter registration remember the federal mm-hmm. judge said this ain't this gives too much credence to urban populations and uh, derides the contribution of the non-urban sections of the state. And so uh, he put a halt to it. Uh, he then looked at he, he was asked to review his own decision and essentially said, I made the right decision the first time. Yeah, I'm not going to reverse myself. This was last night. It's a- and so now uh, the office of Mike Madigan says they will take the appeal to the next step, which in this case is the 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, as it stands right now, if you are not registered to vote, you can still get registered and vote in the upcoming election. Mm-hmm. You just can't have the all-in-one buffet combo experience on election day at right. the polling place. Right, you can't That's sh- all it means. You can't show up at the polling place, say, I need to get registered, get that taken care of, and then all go vote one- at one time. Can't do that. Now. And here's the thing. You couldn't do that previously in this part of the state anyway. Correct. So it really affects us not at all. If you are not registered to vote and you want to vote, please participate and be educated when you do so. You can still get registered to vote and vote in mm-hmm. this election. And if you are registered, uh, early voting has opened in the state of Illinois. If, all right. you're, if you're not sure, check on that. If, you, if you've clicked something online and it's like get registered to vote if you if you if you participate in any way like that please uh, all you check. have to do is call down to the courthouse yeah call to the courthouse and and ask and see mm-hmm. they'll be able to answer your questions absolutely coming up this morning on the morning meeting what should Donald Trump be pushing on in the next debate that the president just signed last night we'll talk to Craig Robinson about that but coming up next what happens When unforeseen ends meet the gamer mindsets, we'll take you inside one man's move next on The Morning Meeting. 
Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Mark Levin, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. You can take that same thought and apply it to life. Dude makes life more difficult than it has to be. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. You just heard the end of the Between Show segment again mm-hmm, there this mm-hmm, morning on the mm-hmm. morning meeting. John C. Creese Quaid alongside you will be joined by Craig Robinson in just a moment, the Iowa Republican. I saw this this morning, Quaid, and I couldn't resist. This has some of my very favorite things about life in it. Uh, trolling those who uh, are so ivory-towered and sensitive uh, in their in their strivings, and the, the gamer mindset. If, if you don't know me away from the show, one of the things that I enjoy is competitive gaming. Uh, and, and so it's kind of a mindset, and you don't have to be a gamer to have the gamer mindset. What that really encapsulates is, as I just kind of grok this down, is if you're willing to sort of, this has a bad connotation, but not in a bad way. If you're willing to angle shoot, if you're willing to push the envelope in a way that people weren't anticipating when mm-hmm. they laid out the said rules, mm-hmm. but that is that is legal under those rules. So they, they made the battlefield. You're just pushing it in a way that they didn't anticipate it being done. Yeah, this tickles you in the right spots. Oh, all over the place. So you're familiar with the movement that has been going on uh, with liberals and especially at liberal college campuses across the country where in order to appeal to those who believe themselves to not be part of the binary gender system of male-female, that you can enter your preferred pronoun that you would like to be addressed by, including the gender-neutral but awful grammar, they, when you're referred to as an individual, that just... My second grade phonics teacher is like clawing someone's eyes out right now. Mm. Uh, and Z, which is a, a made up the, the word that was used, which is fine. You can create new words. Uh, it, it, it is a non, non-gender binary. This is at the University of Michigan. Uh, one conservative student, a guy named Grant Strobel, who is also chairman of the Young Americans for Freedom Board of Governors, uh, he decided to troll the university under the rules, by picking his own pronoun, his majesty. <laughs> he will now, as well he said, played, sir. henceforth, I shall pick his majesty as my preferred pronoun, and I will expect all UM students, faculty, staff, and administrators to not microaggress me by throwing away my preferred status of identification. And that I will be referred to as His Majesty. It's beautiful. Grant Strobel. This is beautiful. Yes, this is one. And people who are, are, are taking this seriously are just irate right now that this white man has abused the privileges of others. How did he abuse the privileges of others? Because, because see, this system isn't made for him. 
He has to be included in name he is in, being, order, in order for the system to work, but you're supposed to know. This is like one of the unwritten rules of baseball, that as a white male, you're not supposed to be included in this. This isn't for you because you're a white male who identifies as a white male. So they're going to tell him what he identifies as now? Well, he's just supposed to have the good grace to stay out of this, but he has chosen to get involved and troll them. The university, a university vice president, because at a place like Michigan, you've got like 100 of them. I thought these uh, guys were too smart for this. I thought these guys yeah, were the, well, they the think they pinnacle. Are. They think they are. That there are there are no one smarter in our society mm-hmm. than, than those who are employed on college campuses. Mm-hmm. A University of Michigan vice president uh, and a provost of student life came out and said that employing preferred pronouns is, quote, one of the most basic ways that you show your respect for the identity of someone and to cultivate an environment that respects all gender identities. So His Majesty Grant Strobel wins. You want to take, <laughs> I hate the phrase, you won the internet or all that, you know, whatever. I understand what people are trying to say. This dude just put the crown on him. In one fell swoop. Oh, one, 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 uh, not, not stroke of a key because it took like, you know, 11 or 12 to, to type that out. But in, in one swift motion, he just won that conversation. He, ex- he exposes it for yeah, what it is. For what it is. Exactly right. Grant Strobel, our, our our hero of the show today, at least so far. We haven't had Craig Robinson on yet. It could be Craig. All right. We'll talk about uh, what both candidates have on their plate coming up on next Sunday's debate. That's the next one coming up after Monday night's debate. Uh, Craig's going to be our kind of trampoline to launch us from one to the next. And what President Obama just signed that I think should be a major talking point for the candidate running against Obama's legacy. We'll talk to Craig about all that coming up next on The Morning Meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's The Morning Meeting. WTAD. It's a fizzy beverage Friday with Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican here as we continue the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest, Quaid along. Where's the fizzy beverage I brought you this morning? Uh, It's not time for that I was hoping to get you to drink that during the show. Well, I thought you wanted to share it with me, but you already had one, didn't you? I had two last night. Oh, and then you went to sleep. Fell asleep on the couch. Uh, That's right. Well, I don't want to fall asleep during the show. All right, do something different then. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, joining us this morning. On the morning meeting, Craig. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? You seem like subdued, Craig. This isn't going to fit with the uh, Friday theme of the show. I mean, Iowa didn't stub their toe against Rutgers last week, so I figured you'd be uh, party, Craig. <laughs> well, I'm nervous every every Saturday now. All right, we'll leave that talk of Northwestern for later <laughs> in this segment. Okay. Uh, President Obama last night, Craig, just signed the short-term bill to fund government past the election that the legislator, le- legislature sent him on Wednesday night so that they could all get back to their districts and campaign. You can't be mad at a zebra for having stripes. If I'm Donald Trump and I'm looking to move the conversation forward in the next debate coming up a week from Sunday, I'm surprised that he didn't bring this up on Monday night when talking about policy and economics and so forth. There were plenty of room for him to hammer on the fact that one of his lines of attack on Hillary is that she's an insider for an ineffective government and bureaucracy. This, not having a full budget, 
not uh, not complying with uh, the, the the constraints and, and, and the way that it's set up, calling for a full budget uh, legally from Congress and, and from the legislature and from ways and means who control the purse strings. This seems like something that would have been low-hanging fruit to really drive the point home. I would be surprised if we don't hear something about this and the coincidence that it just happens to carry uh, the short-term agreement long enough through the election so that lame ducks will be allowed to vote again. <laughs> yes. Or am I too cynical? Well, I think that's a pretty uh, down-in-the-weeds type of, of, of campaign tactic. I mean, I think that there was uh, lots of uh, hanging curveballs for Donald Trump to hit on Monday, uh, and uh, he took some swings at some stuff that I wish he wouldn't have, and uh, I wish he would have cranked a couple other ones out of the park. But um, this budget stuff is, um, look, we're just, our country's like one big continuing resolution mm-hmm. when it comes to our budget. And uh, it's frustrating. And, you know, I think he could speak broadly on it. Yes. About this is, you know, this is, this is not, especially as a businessman, this is not how you, uh, you, uh, you need to make priorities. You need to make a budget. And if you, I mean, I would talk broadly about it. Um, I think getting in the weeds, you got to remember uh, Republicans are approving this thing too. So you don't want to necessarily, um, I mean, they're, they're in control of Congress. So, um, you don't want to necessarily uh, create a little uh, inter-party squabble, which the media would just absolutely love uh, to partake in. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us on the morning meeting. Craig, uh, Hillary Clinton shows up in Iowa, a, a state that uh, recently uh, we've seen uh, be strongly in the uh, Trump's side. Somebody must have sent her the GPS coordinates. Well, it, Tim, Tim Kaine was there, what, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and now Hillary's there. Do the Democrats think that they can still uh, wriggle Iowa away from Trump? Well, no. I Look, I think Iowa is, is gone for them. I think it's off the map. I mean, Jonathan Martin even wrote an article today uh, for the U- New York Times saying that Ohio is off the board. Wow. And Hillary's not going to go back there. I mean, <clears throat> Uh, guys, I'll take stuff I didn't hear when John McCain and Mitt Romney were running for 200, okay? <laughs> I mean, for all these never-Trumpers and for all these people who are just, uh, you know, down in the dumps about Donald Trump, you're telling me we've got, you know, Iowa's a small swing uh, battleground state, but Ohio's in the bag? Something's going on here. And I, I, I was meeting with a reporter from the uh, L.A. Times yesterday, talking about Iowa and, and what, and I said, look, Iowa's like the trailblazer of, of, of these swing states. What's happening here is going to happen elsewhere. And, you know, I think if, if you're Hillary, uh, watch her start visiting Pennsylvania more, watch her get into Wisconsin. Um, these are the states that are going to, and obviously Florida is a key state, but look, she's in trouble. And this is why you have to have a prolonged approach and a plan to your campaign, it, there's only five weeks left. You know, well, she's going to come back to Iowa. There's no doubt. But I mean, it's because you kind of have to. Um, you can't just throw in the towel. And by the way, what about all these stories about all the 38 campaign offices Hillary has on the ground, and all this staff, and all this money, and all the ads she's running in Iowa, and yet the absentee voter request numbers for Democrats are half of what they were for Democrats in 2012. There is an enthusiasm problem 
with Democrats and Hillary Clinton, and it's killing them. And I think I think Bernie Sanders is there's a big drag. Some of these people aren't going to vote for Hillary, and it's all because they felt they feel that he's been wronged, that that he was you know essentially screwed out of this nomination. So there's some big problems that I think are are uh, major players here in the final uh, stages of this race that the media is not really covering. Yeah, the the media I think is the the part that is is missing in this e- equation of what we're what we're seeing individually and what we're being told uh, by the media. I'm going to give you a specific example. All of a sudden, USA Today, who never endorses for president, has decided to come out and uh, unendorse. I don't even know if there's the right word for it, but they they do something that they've never done, and that is say we're not going to tell you who should be, but we'll tell you who should not. Uh, be president. If you understand that the media leans left, this is a a, a, a very it's it's kind of unprecedented slash desperate. Oh, absolutely. And I think that the I saw you know when you go through your Facebook feed, uh, you know you kind of scroll through it, and I saw this. It, it looked like the you know when the big statue of Saddam was toppled, mm-hmm. uh, but it had. Uh, it was a cartoon, and the the statue was Hillary, a stiff Hillary, and trying to push and prop her up. It was all the big media networks <laughs> trying to push her back up, and I think that's what's going on here. Um, I think the the media is so lazy that they'll 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 chase any rabbit down any trail, uh, except when it comes to your. I mean, the biggest thing we should be talking about today is. You're kidding me. Hillary Clinton can't win Ohio? Mm-hmm. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Let's head to the flip side of that coin, Craig. There has been a sentiment that from the Trump camp that I'm not sure what to make of it. And that is that all of these polls that are saying Hillary's up six to eight, maybe it's uh, within the margin of error. There is a sentiment from the pro-Trump crowd saying that he's, a, for lack of a better term, the, the whisper candidate that polls aren't going to go find the people who are going to vote for Trump. They're not the people who participate in these sorts of things. And that when you factor that in, Trump's really ahead big in this race. I think big is well, probably an overestimation. But just, well, ju- just you say the idea that or, or Trump might say bigly. Bigly. <laughs> bigly. Uh, twice. He doubled down on it bigly. But no, that, 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 that sentiment that there is a, an almost reticent or socially embarrassed Trump crowd that nevertheless is going to pull the lever for him when they go into the voting booth. I'll even take it one step further. I think there are people who are polled who say, yeah, I can't vote for Trump. Uh, But deep down they are. Mm -hmm. That they don't want to admit it to a pollster because of, A, well, what we're seeing with all the media out there. Um, you know, I have people every every Sunday at church come up to me. They know I'm political, and they say, Craig, well, what are we going to do? Church, by the way, <laughs> yeah. a perfect environment to bring this up, right? Yeah, yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, the, the hell that I live of being an easily identifiable political person. Craig, what are we going to do? And I always look at him. I'm like, you're going to take a deep breath, and you're going to vote for Donald Trump. I mean, what else is there to do? It'll be fine. It'll be fun. Whatever. But, like, you know, stop freaking out. But I think there are a lot of people who don't tell pollsters what they really are. And, by the way, this isn't just, you know, I also have a theory that 
the biggest difference between Trump and, and McCain and Romney is the fact that you have all these uneducated or low-information voters who went to the polls and drove for Barack Obama the last two election cycles. Donald Trump is a low-information voter this cycle. And and I think that, you know, there's some curiosity there. There's a lot. There's some stuff there. It's the first time that that I think Republicans are able to to get that vote where before it was a reliable vote for, for Clinton. I think that explains some of the absentee problems. And, uh, you know, so I, I just think that there's a lot more going on than, and there's going to be a lot of analysis done after this election. And we're going to be wondering what the heck was the media doing if they couldn't pick up on this stuff. Greg Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us on the morning meeting. Well, it's kind of, I mean, it's its unprecedented. I was trying to explain this to, to, to my mother, who is a staunch Democrat, that you can't use the traditional metrics. And, I, you know, I said, we're going to watch this debate. It was Monday. I was, I was with her. So we're going to watch this debate. And I said, if you try and frame it in the traditional way, you're going to miss the whole, the whole message of everything that's going on. And she did exactly what I told her not to do. And when it was over, she, you know, very gleefully skated away and was like, that went exactly as I thought it would, and Hillary's good, and everything's right. I'm like, don't be surprised if things don't turn out differently because you can't use these traditional metrics. And I think that the, the, the media, academia, the, the elites are still stuck in this. This is the way things work, and that's all being crashed right now. Well, and the other thing is, is you have an electorate who I think is very well conditioned of, um, look, so the Iowa Democratic Party keeps sending mailers to my house addressed to my wife and I um, about all this despicable stuff, or or, I'm sorry, Donald Trump says about women. And, you know, like, why are they blowing money on me? I mean, like, dude, I worked for the Republican Party of Iowa. Uh, if my wife hates one politician in America, it's Hillary Clinton. I mean, this is this is money. You might as well just flush down the toilet. Um, but I think that they they're so obsessed. I think that Hillary is going to get beat in a very similar way that Jeb Bush was, and all these other Republicans were, where they were so distracted by Trump and jumped on every little thing about he's unelectable, he's this, he's that. And they spend all this time and energy telling us about how, you know, how awful he is and, and all this stuff. And the fact is, is like, we know he's been, a, in, the, he's been in the National Enquirer for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So we might not know about this specific instance, but do we know that Donald Trump says some outlandish things about women once in a while? Yes. Do we know that he's been married three times? Yes. Do we know that he probably, you know, has some, you know, he's filed bankruptcies and all this stuff? Yes. I mean, I read this, you know, as a kid when my mom, I begged my mom to buy the National Enquirer. There's nothing new here. This dog doesn't hunt, and yet they keep spending millions of dollars uh, trying to run this type of campaign. And to me, it, it looks just like Jeb Bush all over again how he was going to be the serious one. He's the more electable one. People are going to come to their senses and vote for, you know, the same old politician we always elect. I don't think so. 
Craig Robinson with us this morning on the morning meeting. Craig, coming up on Tuesday, it's the vice presidential debate with uh, Wacky Tim Kaine and Mike Pence. Uh, and I don't sponsored know- by Fruit of the Looms, Tidy Whiteys, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who- I mean these these two guys. I mean they are they are two wild and crazy guys. <laughs> well, the I vice mean, in pre- comparison of to Trump and even Hillary, who's just you know they're both. Um, you know, you could say Donald and Hillary, and everyone on this planet would know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not, you, you, you know, Tim Kaine and Mike Pence. <laughs> well, and, and to me, the vice presidential candidate uh, debate is just listening to two people argue in proxy for who's at the top of the ticket. I mean, it's there's nothing about themselves. You know, in, in, it, it's morbid to come out and say, well... When our choice at the top of the ticket has a fatal heart attack, I will do, you know, that's just, nobody's going to come out and do that. But, but I kind of disagree here. I think that there is something Pence can really do for Trump that I don't think Kane can do for Hillary. And that's where Donald still struggles with some of the conservatives in his party. And so Pence, by being on this national stage, uh, and, and showing just who he is, uh, you know, as a as strong conservative running mate, can maybe calm down some of the fears that, um, you know, where Tim Kaine, I mean, he needs to, I mean, he needs to convince people that I could be president of the United States, and I don't think anyone ever looks or listens to Tim Kaine and thinks that. I mean, he's kind of a squirrely little dude. Now, and I don't know. Uh, if Pence can do what what Trump didn't do, and that was uh, not miss the opportunities to get you know the 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 right narrative uh, out there, and I don't know Elaine Keano, is that uh, how you say her from from CBS? Um, can can Pence do what what Trump failed to do, and that was keep things where you want them, as opposed to being backed into a corner. Yeah, I agree. But I don't know if Tim Kaine is the one who's going to back him into a corner. Greg Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us on the morning meeting. One last thing, Craig. The last question in the debate Monday night about the legitimacy of the election, did you find that just out of left field and odd? I thought it was the stupid, like, of all things that I don't need to know, right? I mean, this does not matter. I actually give Trump credit for answering it. Saying that if Hillary's president, he'll support her. Hillary didn't say the same thing about Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and and so I give him credit for actually answering it. Even worse was when Trump walked through the the spin room, and these reporters were asking stupid questions. I mean, it's all about. I mean, you would think we're going to have an election that's about. Well, and I think the Democrats too that we're going to have a an election about birtherism, um, some. Uh, Miss Universe contestant who is the baby da- mama of some drug linchpin who drove a getaway car for a murder. Uh, I mean, all this stuff. And I'm like, hey, I think this is uh, presidential elections are about big things, much bigger than than you know what comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. I think it's the direction we're going on immigration. I think it's about safety, and I think the most important thing is is about manufacturing jobs, and that's why he does well in Iowa. That's why he's doing well in Ohio. And I think all across these industrial states, Trump is doing well because he's actually 
speaking directly to these to to a class of worker who Republicans have ignored election cycle after election cycle. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican. Iowa's a two touchdown favorite over the smart kids at home tomorrow, Craig. Smart money. Is it on Iowa or the smart kids? Smart money is to not bet on Iowa football team. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, the Rutgers doesn't have a secondary, but apparently uh, we weren't going to test it. And it seems like every week we have a 70 or 60-yard rushing touchdown that gets called back for holding. So um, I'm, I'm just going to be tentative and uh, – um, and see how this all uh, falls out. Greg Robinson, the Iowa Republican, every Friday. We'll get you ready for the presidential debate next Sunday, next week with Craig, and we'll uh, dissect that scintillating vice presidential debate that we're all waiting for at the beginning of the week. Craig, thanks so much. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. We'll wrap it up next on The Morning Meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. The morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Sean Seacrest Quaid wrapping it up for the week. There is a last-second suit being brought by Republicans' attorney generals to block the Obama administration's planned seeding of U.S. oversight of ICANN. That's the uh, powerful Internet uh, nonprofit that uh, controls assigned names and numbers. This is a big, hey, big deal. Glad somebody's trying to do something. This transfer will take place tomorrow unless the judge steps in today and uh, and and uh, stops this from going through uh, they're using a provision in the US Constitution that says the government can't give away government property without the authorization of the legislature legislature hasn't authorized this this is uh, this is as far as I can tell this is in a uh, Obama penstroke situation because of America too powerful give stuff to the world kind of thing. And if you're in Missouri, gubernatorial debate tonight. Yep, gubernatorial debate tonight in Branson, uh, Greitens and Coster. That's going down C-SPAN, I believe. Mm. You're going to be able to watch that. All right, that does it for us. Thanks to everybody who joined us this week. Much more coming up next week in a double debate week on The Morning Meeting. Morning Meeting adjourned. Join us again tomorrow for the best talk in the tri-states. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.